Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Tuesday, January 30th. Happy National Escape Day, which does not celebrate the 1979 Rupert Holmes joint, also known as the Pina Colada song, that has the honor of being the final number one hit of the 70s, and which I think sums up that decade perfectly. If you saw Guardians of the Galaxy, you heard it. But if not, this piece of yacht rock trash is about a guy who's bored with his old lady, which just calling her his old lady shows you the depth of his character. And while she's sleeping, he's digging through the personals for random hookups. He spots an ad from some woman seeking a guy who digs pina coladas, getting rained on, and some other romantic silliness. And he's like, this chick's perfect. Not like this old hag laying here. So he takes out an ad in response, which he probably could have just called the number, but whatever, and sets up a rendezvous at a bar. He gets there, and guess who walks in but his wife? Apparently, each had independently decided to cheat on the other, and when they find out, get this, it actually brings them together. Turns out neither one of these shallow fools had any idea what the other liked to eat or do for fun or nothing. And far as I'm concerned, they deserve each other. Interestingly, Rupert Holmes also wrote and played piano on the totally gnarly 1970 hit, Timothy, about two coal miners eating their buddy after a cave-in. Ooh. It made it to 17 in America and 9 in Canada. So as bad as our culture is, Canada's worse. By like 8 points, I guess. But all that's tangential, cause Escape Day is actually about taking time off of work and getting away from the slow drip drip of torture that is everyday life under the beast system. I recommend coming to Florida. The weather's nice most of the time, we got the best beaches in the world, and hardly anybody wears a mask. Our reading for today is Exodus 10, 1 through 12, 13, Matthew 20, 1 through 28, Psalm 25, 1 through 15, and Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. So if y'all are ready, and cause nobody ever starts counting at zero, Technically, the 80s didn't start till 1981. So John Lennon's December 1980 hit, Starting Over, was the real final hit of the 70s. But you can't tell nobody nothing. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on January 29th, in the Old Testament, we read Exodus 8.1 through 9.35. And previously on Bible Y'all, Moses and his brother Aaron have been trying to convince Pharaoh to let the Jews go, but he ain't wanting to hear it. They try to explain that things are going to go real bad for him if he don't, and they do this miracle where their shepherd staffs turn into snakes as an example of the kind of stuff he's about to see. Turns out he's got his own magicians who can pull off the same trick, and even though Aaron's snake eats up their snakes, Pharaoh's not impressed. So the next day, they inflict plague number one on Egypt. They turn all the water in the country into blood for a week. And spoiler alert, there's going to be 10 of these plagues. And each one targets a specific god of Egypt. It's the real god's way of saying, I'm greater than all of these. The water into blood targeted a few of their gods. Kanum was the river's guardian. And Hopi was the god of flooding and fish. And Osiris had the Nile as his bloodstream. But it turns out the magicians could do that trick too, so Pharaoh is still not impressed. And in chapter 8, Moses and Aaron send a plague of frogs on Egypt, like a lot of frogs. And Hept was a goddess with the head of a frog. And anyway, these things were everywhere. 
they came forth abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house, and into thy bedchamber, and upon thy bed, and into the house of thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thine ovens, and into thy kneading troughs, on thee, and upon thy people, and upon all thy servants. And that's just gross. Mm. And these ain't cool Kermit the Frog types. <laughs> these are them nasty, grimy ones that come up out of the swamp. But the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. And I don't know how they could tell the difference between God's frogs and the magician's frogs, but whatever. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, If y'all do something about these frogs, I'll let y'all go. So they did. They got rid of them. But Pharaoh was like, Yeah, I'm not letting y'all go. Pharaoh didn't call on his own guys because he didn't want more frogs. They could only make things worse, not better. But not letting them go was a bad move, because the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod, and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did, and all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And that's a lot of lice. <laughs> and there's three things here. Number one, Geb was the Egyptian god of dust, so this was a smack in his face. Them Egyptians had a god for everything. And B, this one, the magicians couldn't duplicate, and they said, this is the finger of God. And third, the Egyptians were clean freaks, especially the priests and the magicians. The rule was they had to shave or scrape their whole bodies every third day to prevent what? You guessed it, lice. <laughs> but Pharaoh just got more stubborn and wouldn't let nobody go. So Moses and Aaron sent the next plague on them, which is flies. Great swarms of them. Down here in Floridia, we have these things called love bugs that swarm in the late summer when they come out to mate, usually over roads, and we hate them. <laughs> You'll drive through clouds of them, and everybody's car looks like it was hit with birdshot because of all the paint damage these squished bugs cause. But this sounds worse, because the word in Hebrew is hey arab, which means swarm, but it comes from mixture and incessant or involved motion. And Psalms 78 and 105 say this was diverse sorts of flies. So what some people think is it wasn't just flies, but insects in general. Swarms of everything from flies to yellow jackets to millipedes. And that sounds horrifying. <laughs> yeah. And this is the first plague that only affected the Egyptians. The bugs didn't bother the Jews. So all them scoffers who want to try to explain this away naturally, this one's a little hard to explain. Yeah, check out verses 22 and 23. God said, But on that day I will set apart the land of Goshen, where my people are living. And in 23, he says, I will put a division between my people and your people. So now Pharaoh wants to compromise. He says, Okay, go sacrifice. Just don't leave. Do it in Goshen. But Moses says, Can't do it. Because what we got to do, y'all call an abomination. And if we do it in front of you, in your own land, no less, Y'all gonna stone us. So it's all or nothing, king. So the king says, fine, whatever, just get rid of these bugs. Moses says, they'll be gone tomorrow. But seriously, don't be lying about letting us go. But he was, and he didn't. <laughs> and by the way, the god Kepri had the head of a beetle and was probably the target of this plague. So in chapter 9, we get plague number 5 for all y'all who are playing bingo. And number 5 is sick cattle. And the goddess Hathor was a fertility goddess with the head of a bull, and sometimes depicted as a bull. So she was the target here. And the plague fell on all cattle, the horses, asses, camels, oxen, and sheep. And it says, On them was a very grievous moraine, 
which is a King James term for any infectious disease that affects cattle. The Hebrew word is usually translated pestilence. And again, only the Egyptian cattle were affected, not the Jews. And all the cattle of Egypt died, but the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. All the cattle that was left in the field, that is. Some were spared if they were inside the barns when the plague hit, but still not good enough for Pharaoh. So, plague number six. Moses and Aaron took handfuls of ash from the furnaces, threw it up toward heaven, and it became small dust in the land of Egypt, and a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast throughout all the land of Egypt. Blains are little pustules containing fluid that surround a boil. So gross. So each of these plagues is worse than the last. This one probably targets Isis, the goddess of health, and Imhotep, the god of healing. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils. Still not good enough for Pharaoh, though. So Moses and Aaron warned them, Tomorrow about this time I will cause it to rain a very grievous hail. So gather thy cattle and all that thou hast in the field, for upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought home, the hail shall come down upon them and they shall die. And he that feared the word of the Lord did that. And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. And the hail that came down was not regular hail, but fire mingled with it. Fire like liquid that ran along the ground, and it killed everything outside, including cattle, men, and crops. Except in Goshen. The Jews were fine. And again, Pharaoh's like, make it stop, and I'll let you go. So again they do, and again he reneges. And Shu, the god of wind and air, and his daughter Newt, the goddess of the sky, were the probable targets. And that's where we stopped reading. And then in the New Testament, we read Matthew 19, 13-30, which starts out, then the crowd brought children to Jesus for him to bless, and the disciples rebuked him. But Jesus being Jesus, he turned this into a teachable moment. He said, Suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven, meaning probably innocence and childlike wonder and enthusiasm. Cynics are not allowed in heaven. So then this dude they call the rich young ruler comes to him and asks, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? Good question. But Jesus attacks his very premise. He says, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but God. As if to say, Y'all think I'm a prophet and only a man, but I'm God. So when you call me good, you don't know how right you are. But he says, If you want eternal life, just follow the law. And the guy's like, Which ones? Well, all of them. And the guy must have known in his heart somehow that that wasn't good enough. Because he says, I've done this since I was a kid. What lack I yet? Jesus says, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and come and follow me. But this trust fund baby loved his money and possessions and went away sad. Then Jesus says, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And can you imagine the condition a camel would be in after that? Gross. <laughs> and some people say he was referring to one of the city gates that was very small, and they called it the eye of a needle. And for a camel to go through it, it had to bend way down, and, and all that is silliness. Don't overthink it. Jesus was speaking figuratively, saying rich people can't get into heaven, which is bad news for everybody in America. So how rich is too rich? Does property count, or just liquid assets? No, that's not what he meant. Being rich does not keep you out of heaven. Worshipping your worldly beast system money and worldly wealth and not being willing to follow Jesus if it means you have to part with it and be poor and stop worshiping mammon 
That's what keeps you out of heaven. Now, Jesus said it was hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Not that he couldn't, but it is hard. Here in America, where we voluntarily crucify the flesh, convenience is a factor when it comes to putting down the flesh. It's never convenient. I don't think it's so much about riches, but the ease, the idleness that riches provide. It's the comfort and the convenience that causes the heart problem. We want God and other than God stuff. And that makes it hard to get into the kingdom of heaven. We know narrows the way. We don't have to have money to worship mammon. We can be obsessed by the riches we have or by the riches we don't have. So when the disciples heard him say all that, they're like, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. It's only possible with God, in fact. No man can save himself. Amen. You know, and his disciples still thought money and stuff could buy anything, even entry to the kingdom of heaven. And verse 28 says, And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the tribes of Israel. And that's going to come up again in Revelation. But far as the rich versus poor thing, in heaven, many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 24, 1 through 10. And that's a Psalm of David. That starts out, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And that's a mic drop. That's basically the gist of the psalm. And this one worships God as the creator and basically says, if you want to be with him, you need clean hands. And to have those, you got to seek his face and the king of glory will come meet you. Yes. And amen. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 6, 1 through 5. So in kind of an abrupt topic shift, Solomon says, never co-sign a loan for anybody because that's a trap. Or more accurately, what he's saying is never take on somebody else's responsibility or pledge on their behalf. If you're in that trap, don't even sleep until you get yourself out of it. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Because that's kind of what you are if you've agreed to be surety for somebody else. And that's good advice. Yes, very good advice. Snared by the words of our mouth with good intentions, just not God's. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for January 30th is Exodus 10:1 through 12:13. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might shew these my signs before him, and that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's son what things I have wrought in Egypt, and my signs which I have done among them which ye may know how that I am the Lord. And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else, if thou refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow will I bring the locusts into thy coast, and they shall cover the face of the earth, that one cannot be able to see the earth, and they shall eat the residue of that which is escaped which remaineth unto you from the hail, and shall eat every tree which groweth for you out of the field. And they shall fill thy houses, and the houses of all thy servants, and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither thy fathers nor thy father's fathers have seen, since the day that they were upon the earth unto this day. And he turned himself, and went out from Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's servant said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare unto us? 
Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou not yet that Egypt is destroyed? And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh. And he said unto them, Go, serve the Lord your God. But who are they that shall go? And Moses said, We will go with our young and with our old, with our sons and with our daughters. With our flocks and with our herds will we go, for we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, Let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go. And your little ones, look to it, for evil is before you. Not so, go now ye that are men, and serve the Lord. For that ye did desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come up upon the land of Egypt, and eat every herb of the land, even all that the hail hath left. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. And the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt, and rested in all the coasts of Egypt. Very grievous were they. Before them there were no such locusts as they, neither after them shall be such. For they covered the face of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened, and they did eat every herb of the land, and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. And there remained not any green thing in the trees, or in the herbs of the field, through all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste, and he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore forgive, I pray thee, my sin only this once, and entreat the Lord your God, that he may take away from me this death only. And he went out from Pharaoh, and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind, which took away the locusts, and cast them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the coasts of Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, so that he would not let the children of Israel go. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not an hoof be left behind, for thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God. And we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. And Pharaoh said unto him, Get thee from me, take heed to thyself, see my face no more. For in that day thou seest my face, thou shalt die. And Moses said, Thou hast spoken well, I will see thy face again no more. Chapter 11 And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one more plague upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, 
nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue, against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these servants shall come down unto me, and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out, and all the people that follow thee. And after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in a great anger. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Chapter 12 And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood, and strike it on the two side posts, and on the upper door post of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Our reading in the New Testament for January 30th is Matthew 20, 1-28. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour, and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out, and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the goodman of the house saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as unto thee. 
Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way, and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests, and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock, and to scourge, and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshipping him, and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand, and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We are able. And he saith unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Our reading in Psalms for January 30th is Psalm 25, 1-15. A Psalm of David Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Shew me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will shew them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. And our reading in Proverbs for January 30th is Proverbs 6, 6-11. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. And that'll do it for the 30th. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Exodus 3.8, which says, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. So hit the 30 second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a few minutes. 
on how God is faithful to his promises, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, just as you saw every affliction of Israel, we know you are intimately aware of everything we suffer. And just as you were faithful to your chosen people, we can have total faith that you will fulfill your promises to your church. If we but have faith, you will cleanse us from sin, protect us from further corruption, arm us for the battle we're in, work all things for our good, and will one day restore everything that is broken about us, our world, and the heavens. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawlin' I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them in some kind of way. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family, and especially me because I'm having health problems. If you got anything you want us to pray for you about, email me at BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you ain't going to make things any better, just lay off of making them worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. And by the way, the god Kepri had the head of a beetle (laughs) and was probably the target. What are you laughing at before? The head of the beetle. Okay.